Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sunday Three Count here on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. This is the uh, the second regular three count uh, that we've done. We're trying to make this a regular thing, the three count on Sundays to get your wrestling week started. And then, of course, the Wednesday deep dive when we really dive into things, state of wrestling type of thing, what have you. Um, this is Aaron. I'm here with two members of the crew. I'm here with Mr. Silly Sellers, first and foremost. How are you? What's going on, sir? Getting glad it's getting close to Mania. I'm looking forward to our trip in Dallas as we get real, real close. Yeah, we're recording this on um, Thursday um, Thursday evening. I've got the Wisconsin game on here, and SmackDown's about to start. And, uh, yeah, we were working on an itinerary together. Google Drive is amazing. We can um, plan an itinerary across several state lines. So we're working on getting the details ironed out. We're going to be here, there, and everywhere you will see us. Um, we will be the most handsome crew uh, with my wife in tow, of course. Um, so, um, Mr. D. Wayne, how are you tonight? I'm quite well. Ready to talk, you know. Have I'm very interested in the topic. So, can we do a, a can we do a quick unofficial topic before we start? Um, sure. You you had mentioned uh, when we were getting ready to record Ryback's new new look that kind of debuted on social media what do you make of that he's wearing kind of goldberg looking tights um man they can't make him like goldberg because he's already built to uh, to be who he is and that's ryback um he does look very goldbergish and unless they're trying to really reboot him I don't see the point. He kind of reminds me of the junkyard dog a little bit, and I don't mean that as an insult at all. Junkyard dog's role in the 80s uh, when he got to WWE was to just kind of be um, that baby face that people could always kind of chant for or get behind that was popular and could have decent TV matches, but they were never really going to go anywhere with him. Um I don't know if that comparison fits. I know that if you go back and look at JYD's history before that, he was a stud in the New Orleans um, territory. There's a book I just got on the internet about him that I can't wait to read uh, called The King of New Orleans, and it's about JYD's career. But um, that's who he kind of, like the role he kind of seems to fill right now. Wouldn't you agree? I don't know what role he feels right now. (laughs) I think you're being optimistic. Well, I'm... I guess what yeah, I'm trying to say is there's always going to be a place for him because he people will always chant "Feed me more" and he'll at least get enough of a reaction that it's worth keeping him on the road on live events. Yeah, but then again, I think that's more because they have no one else. Well, that too. I mean, he's exper- he's experienced enough of a hand that they can keep him around and um, he can work matches and put people over. That's what yeah, he's doing but- right now. He was given a lot of chances too with the Ryback character over the past three years. I saw him at the first payback in Chicago in 2012, I want to say, and he main evented in a three uh-huh. stages of hell match against John Cena. And I saw John Cena uh, AA him on an ambulance uh, for the final stage oh, in that yeah. match. I mean, he, I, I admit, he did main event a few matches, but that was that was almost three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. It's, it's time. <laughs> Understood. I think he's trying too hard, and it's he's trying too hard, and it's just so. 
how it's so much stuff that yeah. you see about how he picked it well let's not forget the classic promos about the uh the book the secret good good times there um, <laughs> Anyway. I mean, that was really a good promo, though, if you think about it. And that's why I think some wrestlers forget that sometimes being yourself turned up 100%. I know we hear it a thousand times in the kayfabe world. But seriously, that's probably your best gimmick is you just show your real side. And I think that was some of his best work. That was a long promo and a hard promo to do just to tell that story in a quick excerpt in the ring. I, I, I really liked it. I think that was his highlight moment for me in his career. Oh, I, I agree. I, I thought it was good, too. It's just more that I'm critical of it because they didn't really end up following through with it on a week-to-week exactly. basis. You know, then that's the problem you could say with a lot of guys. But um. We we've talked about Ryback way too much already. Let's let's dive into the three main topics. Um, yeah. First and foremost, um, breaking as we started recording this, um, ECW original Axel Rotten passed away today, at the age of forty four. Um, he was found in a hotel room. Uh, passed. He was passed away uh, in a bed in a hotel room in Baltimore. Uh, what the article I read describes as being the bad part of Baltimore. You guys living in maryland probably know the part of town i'm speaking about i'm guessing it's the part that the wire was set at when the wire was a show uh, yeah, yeah. d-wayne d-wayne you're, you're more a uh, baltimore advocate you know you have some ties to baltimore um but i mean even though the wire spotlighted like some negativity in baltimore it's just still a lot of pockets through in and out of all parts of baltimore that it, it's a little bit tough i mean baltimore is a great city it is a good city to live in, a good city to raise your child, but like any type of city, just like you in the Chicago area. Oh, yeah. It definitely has some deep pockets that, that is definitely uh, dreadful. Well, Spike Lee just made a movie about Chicago and the bad parts of Chicago, so no, I yeah. I, I know about that. I accidentally got lost in the bad part of Chicago in my car one time, and um, I won't make oh, that wow. mistake again. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyways, Axel Rotten passed at the age of 44 today. Um he was active on Twitter, um, you know, within ten hours of this story re- being reported. So um, you can kind of only guess what happened here, but um, definitely our thoughts and prayers. We just wanted to pay respects, you know, to um, Axel Rotten, one of the um, the ECW originals, um, and WWE notes that he competed in the ECW from '93 to '99. The one match of his that really sticks out in my mind, besides the tag matches he had with um, Ian Rotten, was um, when he and Ian had kind of split up and they had what was called the Taipei Death Match. I don't know if you guys ever saw this. It's pretty. It's hardcore as hardcore can get. They taped, or they taped their hands up, dipped them in hot glue or some sort of sticky substance, and then dipped the the glued up hands into shards of glass. And then had a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. That's it was tough to watch. I, I have it on an ECW compilation somewhere here at the house. Um, wow. Yeah, I think they may have had two of them because I googled it real quick and I saw Type A Deathmatch number two as an option I could watch. Um, I guess there's not much else to say. It's just it, it's probably what I would say is the toughest part of being a wrestling fan is that you have so many guys go early. Like Piper was only in his early sixties, and he passed, you know, last year. And um, Dusty was in his, you know, early to mid sixties, I want to say. And I mean, I could rattle off the list of guys who have died just in the last ten years of my wrestling fandom. 
I mean, honestly, honestly, it's like in some aspects, you got to understand that even though the NFL does a lot with their protocols and concussions, you really have to look at professional wrestling and their life after wrestling. I mean, you even have Edge or you even have Daniel Bryan that has gone through some some serious injuries, even more recently, Nikki Bella with neck injuries. And we think about all that neck, spinal brain injuries those are huge aspects that we got to make sure we look out for our professional wrestlers not to mention his name but chris benoit and that horrible sense of what happened with him and his family i mean we really got to make sure after you put your body in this type of career make sure you take care of yourself both physically and mentally to make sure that you're okay even if you have a riding partner even if you have somebody that looks out for you and i think that's kind of what happened with Mark Henry's career, and I can't think of his name that was his quote-unquote manager, the laughing guy. I can't even think of his name. I um, think that kind of saved Mark Henry's career because he had to eat better and be more, you know, stability on the road because that's a lot of days that you travel just to make a living away from family and just by yourself. So I really hope that people just take that seriously, that when you take so many shots to the head or just body shots, it really hurts you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I think this this is the it's the, it's the epidemic. It's... It goes along to this this NFL research and CTE is the simple fact that the WWE's protocol is is getting stricter and stricter because of CTE. And you mm-hmm. have to realize that a lot of, a lot of the old wrestlers back in the day they didn't have to go through this concussion protocol. Yeah. They wrestled. They yeah, continue to wrestle. Right. And the thing is, if you really look at CTE, it's it's not even the big hits that that really hurt. It's the it's the consistent little hit. So I am concerned about the wrestlers of the past and wrestlers today. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that there there's more knowledge of um, what what goes on in contact sports today. I don't think, you know, 10, 15 years down the line we're gonna see guys from like the class of like Dolph Ziggler's era be in as rough a shape um, as the guys that were, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And I think guys are a little smarter with their money for you know for the most part now too, um, so yeah, it, it's really sad and it's definitely probably you know this is the first big one to hit in 2016. It definitely, you know, likely will not be the last. Um, but just wanted to give that shout out to um, rest in peace, Axel Rotten. Uh, we're gonna move on to topic number two though. I want to save the the big one for the end because I think we're gonna really get into it. Um, so I was watching NXT last night, and Apollo Crews had kind of built up this mini mini feud, a friendly mini feud, you know, keeping everybody babyface with Finn Balor because he had the title shot that he had earned, but then people interfered with it, and he never got his due, due shot against uh, Finn Balor. They had, I mean, you watched the D1, what was it, a, probably about a 20-minute match last night? Yeah, no, it, was, it was a great match. It was a great match, which saw... Um, Finn Balor ultimately come out on top after working a lot of ground game, which you don't normally see from Finn Balor. I think it was a way to put over the strength of Apollo Crews, but he beat him with the coup de gras, and then it was like a modified like brainbuster DDT type of thing. I'm not yeah. sure what you call it. The, the announcers didn't even have a name for it, but um, and then you know they shook hands after, and Apollo Crews raised his arm um, of Finn Balor at the end, and it was a great match. And kind of looking at the card that people are projecting from the uh, NXT tapings, it seems like Apollo Crews may or may not have a match on the um, the actual TakeOver card in Dallas. He may be on like the NXT TV tapings that occur before the pay-per-view, but I, I thought we were headed somewhere big with Apollo Crews 
and now we're kind of not. And I guess I just wanted to hear your guys' opinions in kind of a quick fashion of where do you go next with Apollo Crews um, to get him ready for that next level to make him a star? Because I think he's going to definitely be a star. It's a matter of uh, when, not if. Do you want, you want to go first? You can go first. Um, he, well, let me put a side note plug. As I did briefly watch it, it was a very, very fast-forwarded version of NXT that I saw from Wednesday night. Let me say this on a side note, even though this is not what we're talking about with Apollo. I really love Emma and how she's developed that character with yes. Dana Brooke and her coming back. Oh, my gosh. Like Her Completely entrance agree. with her in-ring persona and her storyline telling that she tells in the ring, and especially that man. London, oh, that was just brilliant. But that's a side note. Agreed. With Apollo Crews, she scares me. Uh, Apollo Crews scares me because I think he has the potential to be a champion by look, by physique, by his in-ring ability. But I think by him not knowing how to tell a story will hurt him. And he's going to be such a straight jobber if he comes up to the main roster, if he doesn't develop that now in NXT. And I have so much potential and so much hope for him. But I think it's going to fizzle out like we were so hyped up about Moose and how they have not developed Moose's character because he hasn't put himself over to say, I can be the leader of a company. And I think that's what Triple H wants Apollo Crews to be. But I don't think Apollo is ready or is unsure. Even if you looked at the um, breaking ground, mm-hmm. you can say you can see how Apollo struggled with his character because Scott Hall was like, do you really talk like that? I mean, is that really you? If you can't sell me, how can you sell fans? Yeah. And, and I know he's going to continue to work on that. But um, right now, his prime, we have so much indie background. I think he needs to be a step farther than where he is. You want to add on to that, D-Wayne? So I'm going to sit here and tell you that I really think that this in regards is more of a preference call. Um, they Every single person, every single management has their own preference. Now his sure. character, his character, if you really think about it, it's not it doesn't fit him yet. And I think that's another issue. The simple fact that they try to put these characters on people that have a lot of talent, but it's just not the right character for them. Now, like I said, most 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 I think it's just a preference issue. I see the talent. He has everything that it's there. It's they're right in front of your eyes. It's you, it's no way you can't see it. I mm-hmm. just honestly think it's it's more of a preference by management of who goes up, and it, it, it hurts him because you have this all this influx of talent from other places that you can't really focus. You can't really focus on that, right? Yeah, I um, I think. I agree with what you said, Celis, and that he needs to develop the storytelling. And specifically, he cut a promo before the Finn Balor match last night, and it was really bad. And he repeated a lot of words over and over because he, he uh-huh. I just don't think he's developed that promo yet. And um, that's definitely going to hurt him, especially if he's going to be a babyface. Um, right. I, it's always tough when you see these guys come in, and they're, they're great workers. And like you said, D-Way, he's so talented, but he... He just seems like his character is that he's happy to be there. And that's a really, really tough gimmick to get over today. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Um, it's almost interesting to see the guy fail a little bit and then see what his character does from there. Um, I could see it going one of a couple ways. I think you're going to see two main male acts get moved up to the main roster sometime post-WrestleMania. You hear Samoa Joe being one and maybe a Sami Zayn being the other. 
I could see, mm-hmm. depending on how the main event goes down at TakeOver, if Joe happens to win the title and they move Balor up, I think Apollo Crews is a very natural babyface opponent for Samoa Joe, and I think they could have good matches, and I think he would do very well to work a lot with Joe, who's a, a veteran of this business. And if if Finn Balor wins, it would almost be interesting to see them really turn Apollo Crews into a cocky heel and go after a babyface Finn Balor. Um, right. I, you, you look at Baron Corbin and how his characters evolved from like this you know, Goldberg-like dominating guy coming out and winning every week in quick fashion. And now he's just embraced that jerk that he kind of is in real life yeah. into his character. And it's just great. And he had the time to work that character out. Maybe that is what Apollo Crews needs. Maybe we were projecting him to be a little farther along than he actually was. So um, sure. I, I definitely think yeah. we'll, he'll be in NXT a year from now, but I think maybe he'll be better for it. And he's young, too. That's the other thing. He's got a lot of time. Yeah, How old is he, by the way? I thought he was no, late exactly. 20s, but I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. Gotcha. I can look yeah. it up real quick. Did you want to say anything else, uh, D-Wayne, before we move on? Um. Yeah, like I said, it's just once they figure out the right character, because like I said, it's all about the character. It's not really about anything else. It's really about your character. Um. Once they figure out the right character for him, he'll be good. Yeah. But the simple fact that I feel that like I said, they have preference, and it, the preference is not him right now. Yeah, he's uh he's twenty eight by the way. He's pretty much our age. Oh, okay. I just, I just looked it up on Wikipedia. Um, topic number three is the big one. Um, it's kind of been the biggest beat in the in the wrestling news over the past um week or so, and you keep hearing different iterations of it. Or one wrestling insider says this is so, another one says it's not so, but it's being talked about, but. The main WrestleMania 32 card that they say is quote-unquote starting to take shape is um, there's two obvious matches that seem to be hinted at quite strongly on TV since the Rumble. Triple H versus Roman Reigns for the title. Brock Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt. I think we can kind of say those two seem to be locked in, but I want to have a little more debate about that. The Undertaker versus Braun Strowman, which we touched on a little bit on our last episode. And then now what we're hearing is that they're going to go with this mini Brie Bella and Charlotte feud leading into Fastlane. And then we're going to get back to Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Sasha being um, resulting in a triple threat for the Divas title at WrestleMania. And those are our, our four big matches we're hearing about now. I guess uh, my first question is, is are those, if those were the four main events, you know, obviously you're going to fit an AJ Styles in there, maybe a Randy Orton if he's back. Maybe, you know, obviously Kevin Owens is going to have his part to play, Chris Jericho, whatever, whatever. But if those four are your four big matches, um, are you excited? Granted, they have another month and a half to two months of TV to build them, but are you excited? Uh, um, For me, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I, we're going to WrestleMania, I'm excited. Sure. But I just feel like, Something has to happen from Fastlane to WrestleMania 32, mm-hmm. which is about eight, eight, no, six to eight weeks. I can't remember the exact number of weeks. Probably six weeks more. That I think they just have to develop, do some tweaking to see, to get me sold on the story. I think I'm good with the matches as long as the story up to them is epic or the story up to them is making me believe that I want to see this. Sure. Um, I, I understand the Brie Bella match being a little tweener because you got to promote Total Divas in a way to get that up, especially supporting Nikki Bella. I get that. 
Um, and I get what they're trying to do with Dean. I get what they're trying to do with Roman. Like I said, I've been fine with Roman Triple H. But my thing is this. Sell me on the story that whatever happens, I'm saying as just a fan, I'm okay with that decision. I'm okay with Triple H winning. Oh, I'm okay with Roman winning, depending on how they set it up or what other elements that you're bringing in. What is The Rock going to do? Is Ronda Rousey going to be there? Are they going to be part of these main events? Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but more optimistic than anything. But I'm kind of happy that I don't know exactly how these four main events are going to lay out. I just, I'm just waiting and see, hoping that at the fast lane, then their notch will turn up to get the WrestleMania season because, of course, they got to make sure they bring their best show of the year to Mania. Yeah. Uh, D Wayne, I, I expect uh, a little more pessimism from you. I'm, yeah, it's going to be a lot of pessimism. Is, <laughs> Good. I, I'm, I remember, I'm excited to go to WrestleMania. But I'm ex- more excited because it's in Dallas, and I'm a big Cowboys fan. Sure. But um, it's just it's so predictable, and the thing is, the and I hate to say it, it's so predictable because of the amount of people that are hurt. Well, that's it's and, it's unfortunate, yeah. And and that's very unfortunate. So if you want this to be, it's going to be the biggest WrestleMania ever. We we know. But is it going to be one of the greatest of all times? No. And I'm telling you that right now. It's not. People said that last year preceding WrestleMania 31, and I would put that probably, if, if not my top five, just outside my top five. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think WrestleMania 31 was bad. I didn't have no issues with it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was very but, good. But right now, it's just... Everything is just kind of predictable we know what's going to happen and unless they throw a curveball which i hope they do because again we're not trying to listen to you know the blogs and and if they do go that route that's on them and i feel bad for them so they're gonna they're gonna have a swerve i mean i think i know i think i have an idea of that swerve you mind if i cut in yeah so okay um, the Divas triple threat, logically, just where they've gone thus far, I think that's what they maybe always had planned. I'm actually really happy that Becky's going to get some shine at Mania. I think she deserves it. Um, it's weird that Paige isn't involved. Um, I think being a part of Total Divas really hurts her credibility on TV in a lot of respects. Um, I don't know why that is, because Nikki Bella had a great run being on Total Divas and the champion, but it is what it is. Triple H and Roman Reigns, I, I want to get into that more deeply another day. I just have so many things about that that just don't work for me. Um, Brock and Bray, I think they have time to build up. I think it'll be cool. I would love for Bray to win. Under, I have two things here. Undertaker and Braun Strowman, whenever they feature Braun Strowman on TV, he looks strong, but he looks strong as part of a group. And I feel like he's the one... that that maybe has, just size-wise, maybe gives him a lot of credibility. But I feel like Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, who have been there longer and have been established, have way more credibility. I can Absolutely. I, I have a hard yes. time picturing under what circumstances The Undertaker and Braun Strowman would have enough of a personal rivalry to necessitate a one-on-one match, other than the fact that they're both near seven feet tall. I just... First of all, I, first of all, I hate the whole concept of that match. It's weird. Because I, I, I feel like... It, you know, you finished the the this this Bray Wyatt and the Family Feud mm-hmm. last year. Why do you keep trying to bring it back? And I guess you're trying to figure out a way to incorporate the Undertaker into WrestleMania. That's exactly okay, what it is. That's fine, but he, I feel like he could be better used somewhere else. I mean, 
I guess you have high hopes for Braun Strowman. I don't. I mean, we're looking at another seven-foot person who, you know, maybe has something going for him, maybe not. Who knows? He's new Sid Vicious is what he is, man. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even give him that. I would no. not even give him that. <laughs> no. I, I, I don't mean to cut in, D-Wade, but I'm just not a Braun Strowman fan because, I mean, I think his finisher is so weak. That chokehold? I know. I, 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 just, I just think it's terrible. I would give him more of a... Um, uh, what's the guy's name with the uh, with the gold teeth? Oh my god! Um, gold teeth. Oh, what's his name? Because me and Doctor M always talk about him all the time. JTG. Oh my god! Bald head, gold teeth. Because he had rebooted himself to make himself a more meaner image, and then he had like gold teeth. Like it was like not. Oh, gold, you mean like- Gene Snitsky? Yeah. No, it wasn't gold teeth, man. His teeth. He <laughs> wore things to make his teeth look like they were stained and decayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, Although I think Gene Snitsky with a grill would be amazing. Say it again. I said Gene Snitsky with a grill would like a like a rapper's grill would be amazing though. Oh yeah, that'd been so much better. But Snitsky was so overrated. I mean, you thought Snitsky was getting that little push to the top, and he did not do hey, anything. Hey, 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 hey! It wasn't his fault. Oh yeah. <laughs> but when your pump handle slam is is your finisher, and you're that big, that's a problem. Well. The other thing I'm thinking about here, I don't know if it's just because he's a part of this triple threat at Fastlane or because they're really, they've been building this for months and we're just too stupid to think they're actually going to go there. Like, Dean Ambrose, as much as he's been connected and involved with Roman Reigns and they talk about it and tag them together all the time, you have to wonder if Dean Ambrose, not necessarily like it needs to be a triple threat with like Dean and Triple H and Roman at WrestleMania, but like, okay, here, here's where I'm at with it. Dean could cost him the match at WrestleMania in like a very shocking manner after maybe being in his corner or something. Or I just want you to think about this for a second. They're not actually going to do this, but like this is me just asking why not. If Brock Lesnar won the match at Fastlane, would you be excited for Brock versus Triple H again? No. Okay. I don't think I have to ask, but I will. Are you excited to see a telegraphed Roman Reigns walk into WrestleMania as the challenger to Triple H? Now, what's your definition of telegraph based off Fastlane? Well, I mean, obviously they're they're attempting to tell a story since um, since TLC when he took Triple H out, or was that Survivor Series? I can't remember. I guess, like, we all know where they're headed with this. Are you satisfied your main event, you fly down to Dallas, your main event of the weekend is Roman Reigns versus Triple H. Roman Reigns walks out the babyface champion. Are you satisfied with that? If, if the story in the ring is told told well, I'm okay. Yeah, I am too. But I'm, I guess I'm asking, like, right now in February, two months out, are you excited at that prospect of seeing that match? Yeah, I am. Yeah, because I I feel like Triple H played on generally good matches. So. She does. Okay, I I sense a lot of um, a lot of um, lethargicness in your responses. So I'm going to continue because I think you're, you're proving my point. What if Dean Ambrose shocked the world and won the triple threat at Fastlane and went on to the main event of WrestleMania against Triple H? Tell me, tell me the crowd wouldn't be 100,000% on his side and loud and in favor of the baby face and cheering him all the way and pulling for him. Tell me you wouldn't be excited about that compared to the other two options. Tell me. No, I'm going to be honest with you. I would be excited about the only issues is the Intercontinental title. 
easily disposed of. You screw them over on Raw, and then all it does is build the heat for the match. And you get you get the title off of them. And, and I, I would love it if it, if it sets up a Roman Reigns heel turn. That, I mean, and that's exactly what it would do. And it's going to work logically with what your fans are reacting to anyways. Yeah, Not right. that everyone's booing Roman Reigns, but like, let's be real here. It's not like he's getting the Austin pop or even getting the Cena pop. I'm just saying. Well, I think, and that's I think, the point. By you giving those three options, I'm just hoping one of those things would just swerve us and make you even more excited about Mania. Me personally. That's yeah. what Fastlane needs to do. I think you're right. They have a real opportunity here because, like, you have a lot of people that are going to go, to, like us. We're going to go to WrestleMania regardless. But you have a lot right. of people that are on the fence that are like, Roman who? And like, but if you did something to really make some heat, and I'm just saying, Dean Ambrose is over like Rover, man. Like, he's good. He's good. He has good matches every week. And and they've really tied him with shoelaces next to Roman Reigns this whole time. Almost since SummerSlam, even, if you want to go back that far. I wonder if that I, I understand that Seth Rollins was factored into things that long ago and John Cena was factored into things that long ago, but you have to wonder. Dean Ambrose could be the wild card here and maybe that would make this more interesting. And, yeah, and let's not forget I, to Oh go ahead, Dwayne, go ahead. But yeah, but I see him more of a wild card as him turning on Roman Reigns. But, I see more I see that happening more than even if they did that, and you had one on one Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns at what would be April pay per view or May pay per view be Extreme Rules? Who's getting cheered? <laughs> who's getting cheered? You know exactly who's getting cheered. So why not just go with what's natural, what's logical, what the crowd wants? That's all I'm saying. Um, we need to get out of here though. This is the uh, the quick three count. We don't want to give them too much. We need to have them come back for more, fellas. Well, let me say this before we uh, tip out. Remember, like, I guess about when the Shield first came in, everybody that was on the internet during that time was talking about when Dean was going to get elevated, when Dean was going to get elevated. And then also, Dean was the first individual champion out of the Shield when he first won that U.S. title. So that could be something they could pull back into a storyline saying, don't forget about me, just because I was the last world champion, I was still the best coming out to this group, and I led this group here. I think that's an excellent point. I agree with you completely. Um, D-Wayne, did you have any parting shots before we head out of here, man? Uh, no parting shots. I'm just you know, interested to see what's going to go now. Yeah. Well, uh, well, happy Super Bowl Sunday to everyone. As you listen to this, it'll come out on Super Bowl Sunday, first thing. Um, go Panthers. And uh, you know, big, big shout-out to our friend 2 Chames, fellow co-host on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. He's a huge Panthers fan. I hope they do it. Then you and I can wear our Super Bowl gear from the previous two Super Bowls in D-Wayne's team's home field. And we will make fun of him the entire night. It will be awesome. Um, But uh, until next time, this is the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. You can catch all of our programming on bgbgroup.tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R, no E in there, .com. Or you can subscribe on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. That helps us out a lot. At bgbgroup on Twitter, facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. We'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Happy Super Bowl Sunday.